0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, my friends. Welcome to Sacred Sunday. I'm your host, Reverend Sharma Cain, and I would like to welcome all the listeners to our Bible study that we have every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Let's do our opening prayer now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to bless everybody today, and I hope you're having a wonderful day, and whatever your circumstances are, as we will go through the Bible, we let it help us, and we learn from Jesus, our Lord and we get the help that we need and we want to pray for all those that are suffering worldwide including the the animals that can't speak for themselves and we know that we all have our hearts on uh, praying for each other and loving each other as we are and um, I had some technical difficulties uh, today and uh, so it's going to be a short service today but I just wanted to get in. Happy birthday to everyone, and God bless you, everybody. And uh, let's go ahead. And uh, last week we we're talking about First Corinthians chapter fourteen, and we we're talking about speaking in tongues and how the gift of prophecy is probably the best gift. And of course, love overcomes all of it. And uh, that the gift of uh, tongues is uh, is only for one person, and maybe the person understands it. The gift of prophecy is for everyone in or out of the church. So anyway, let's get on to read chapter 15, and we're reading out of uh, the Ryrie Study Bible. a Bible, it's a, it's a really good foundational Bible, and you can also go, if you don't have a Bible at home, you can also go to www.biblia.com. So let's start at chapter 15, and it says, The doctrine of the resurrection, the importance of the resurrection. And now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel for which I preach to you, which also you receive, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of the first importance that I also received, that Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to see up us and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace is. Toward me did not move prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet I yet not I, but the grace of God in me. whether then it is I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. It says the consequences of denying the res- re- resurrection. We're on twelve now. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do you some of you among you say, that there is no resurrection of the dead but if there is no resurrection of the dead not even christ has been raised and if christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and your faith is also in vain moreover we have even found to be false witnesses of god because we testified against god that he raised christ whom he did not raise and if in fact the dead are not raised but if the dead are not raised not even christ has been raised but if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you're still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Then the Christian hope. We're now in verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, By a man came resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in all, also in Christ, all will be made alive. But each with his own order. Christ is the first fruits after that, whose are Christ at his coming. And then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom of God and father. When he abolished all rule and authority and power. For he must reign until he put all his enemies under his feet. The Last enemy that will be abolished is death, for he has put all things in subjection under his feet. When he says, All things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is accepted, he, he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son of himself also will be subjected to the one who has subjected all things to him, so that God may be in all in all. Otherwise, What will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why then are they baptized for them? Why are also we are in danger of every hour? I affirm, brethren, by boasting you that I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus, what does it profit me? If the dead are not raised... And then he puts in parentheses, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Do we not, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober minded. You ought and stop, as you ought and stop sinning for some have no knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. And then he's talking about resurrection of the body. We're on 35. But someone who will say, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? You fall. that which you sow does not come back to life unless it dies, so that which you sow you do not sow the body which is to be but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or something else, but God gives it a body just as He wishes, and to each of seeds a body of its own. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of man and another flesh of beasts, another of birds, and another of fish. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one, and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun and one glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, and for the stars differ from star and glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised in an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also, it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul, and the last Adam became a living, giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthly. And the second man is from heaven. As is the earthly, also, so also are those who are earthly. And as in the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, we do also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable, the Christian victory through Christ. We're on 1 Corinthians chapter 15, now we're on verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery, we do not all sleep, but we will be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For For this perishable must be put on the imperishable, and for this mortal must be put on immortality. But when we this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on the immortality, then we will come about the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The death, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is a law. But the thanks be to God, who gives us a victory over our through our Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, are my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toll is not in vain in the Lord. When he's talking about practical and personal matters, the collection of the saints, for the saints in Jerusalem, and that'll be uh, next. Well, this has been really fascinating, and Let's go back and read the notes. I know pretty soon we're gonna be going on recording, um, but let's keep going so we'll have our our full sermon here. Uh, Unless we believed in vain, that would be the case if the resurrection was not true. And there's certain proof that Christ actually died, that he was raised, as he attested to, by main witnesses. And in the perfect tense, it indicates he's still alive. And then the citation of these and other witnesses to Christ's resurrection is of great apologetic value, especially in view of the fact that the resurrection is still being attested to by living witnesses 25 years after the event. Then he appeared to James, our Lord's half-brother, the author of the letter of James. This appearance is nowhere else recorded in the New Testament. One and finally born. Paul may have been referring to his own uh, conversion as a premature when he viewed in relation to Israel's Further conversion. More likely, he was regarding himself as a miscarried infant, who compared to other apostles, that is, one thrust suddenly into the apostleship without the nurture of, of Christ's friendship and direct teaching. And then nothing in the converts at Corinth converts, led them to believe in the resurrection of the dead in general, and they believe the immortality of the soul, but not the resurrection of the body. To them, the body was a source of man's weakness, sin, and death, therefore, was welcome means by which the soul would be liberated from the body. Resurrection, in their thinking, could only enslave the soul again. It says, if there's no resurrection, the body, bodily resurrection of Christ is untrue. The preaching of the gospel, the Christian faith, is without meaning for content. And the Christians are hopeless concerning their prospects of the future. And then... He's saying first fruits. Christ's resurrection is the earnest or the the prototype of resurrections to come. And so at, at some time in the future we're all going to be resurrected and he was the prototype. Christ will be all, all in Christ all of be made alive. This refers to the resurrection of believers and to those in Christ. The order of the resurrection is as follows: first Christ then that of the believers that is coming. Then finally, the resurrection at the end of the millennium. This is not to imply that the Son is in to the Father, but that death is conquered at the end of the millennium, and all things will be under the administration of the triune God. Okay, baptized for the dead. This was interesting. Various interpretations have been given for this difficult expression. If sanctions being baptized vicariously for another in order to assure him a place in heaven, a view, a view that is heretical, heretic, anyway. It refers to those who were baptized because of the testimonials who died. Most likely it means being baptized in place of those who had died. New converts taking place, older ones who had died. Paul's point is, unless one believes in the resurrection of the dead, rather than the Greek idea of immortality, what's the point of such a practice? And then um, Paul was exposed to so many physical dangers and to violent attacks on himself. And his teaching that daily was hardly an exaggeration. So he was suffering attacks daily. And then the image of the heavenly, the resurrection of the body will be like Christ. So we'll be all given new bodies. And next week we'll go on to chapter 16 and hopefully I'll have my computer back and better able to. Uh, conduct our services here. And I want to let's close with our traditional closing prayer. After a moment of silent meditation to those out there who are still suffering, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And I want to God bless you and yours and have a very health, happy and healthy week. And we pray for those that are sick and lonely and just know that you're never alone with the angels and God and Jesus and all everyone loves you and loves you. You're not forgotten. Just remember that. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye.